Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. Welcome to our first Trail Mix episode of Season 4. If you're joining us for the first time, Gaze at the National Parks is the podcast that explores the trails of America's national parks. One hiking trail and one national park, one park at a time. In between our full-length episodes, which explore these trails, we have Trail Mix episodes, which cover a variety of topics, mostly related to the parks and the environment. A lot of times, these Trail Mix episodes explore topics we didn't have time to cover in depth in the full-length episode, which is exactly the case today as we work to dive a little deeper into the geothermal features at Yellowstone and the super volcano that lurks below. Well, sort of, but we'll get into that in a little bit. If you've seen any sort of disaster film or apocalyptic thriller, then you know that Mother Nature is out to get us, either spurred on through clandestine predictions of long-dead civilizations or by the hubris of man. Hey, sort of like today. Mother Nature has some interesting plans for us all. This by no means is a way to downplay the seriousness of climate change, which is real and which we are experiencing in real time, but rather to underscore the fact that Hollywood often uses Mother Nature as a villain in the story, or at least the obstacle for a ragtag group of individuals to overcome in order to save humanity. So let's talk about disaster films. What are some of your favorite disaster films? Well, I mean, it's not like, you know, the world is ending, but the original Poseidon Adventure is a great disaster film. Um, I remember that was on, and my mom was like, no, 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 you have to stop everything, and you have to sit and watch this terrifying oh terrifying great yeah great charlie buckets like lay about grandfathers in it too (laughs) (laughs) get out of bed to save himself (laughs) apparently lay about grandfather i don't know what his name is (laughs) what's that actor's name i don't know but um welcome to the stage lay about her name is princess lay (laughs) about <laughs> and also Gene Hackman is in it. Yes. Yeah. He's in that. He plays the priest. He does. Who's like lost his faith a little bit. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Right, right. Um, I haven't seen the new one, but um, No me either. You know, the new ones are never No. 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 
other disaster movies that I love. Well, we talked about Dante's Peak, and mm. that is very, you know, topical for today. I love that film because it's a level of ridiculousness. Also, 20, uh, not 2012. I mean, 2012 is good and all, but The Day After Tomorrow is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of a disaster movie that I thought was terrible right now, which is The Happening. Oh, I never saw and the Night Shyamalan. But I sort of knew what the trees basically were out to get everybody. Yeah, and there was no explanation at all. Yeah. And that was just that. And that's just that. And I was like, no, like you didn't do enough here to like, you know, the birds already did the thing where yeah, it was like nature was out to get nature you. was out to get you and there's no explanation for it. And we're just sort of surviving it. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, if you're going to do that ending, you have to do something else that yeah. is uh, significant and unique all on your own. Yeah. But no, sorry, mm-hmm. you didn't get it from me for that movie. So in many of these disaster films, some looming weather event like the collapse of the Gulf Stream in the movie The Day After Tomorrow, but also potentially real life, or the slowing of the spin of the Earth's core in the movie The Core trigger a series of events throughout the world that cause humanity to change and adapt to the new normal or face extinction. Just like the movie 2012, which you recapped for me on Mm -hmm. the trails of Yellowstone, when a series of events spurs the action toward the Yellowstone caldera erupting, which helps to drive the cataclysm facing the world at large. While often embellished to the point of hyperbole, these disaster movie events have root in science. That being said, supervolcanoes are very much a real thing, and that there was once two supervolcanic events at Yellowstone National Park. Before we get nervous about the potential for the prelude to this disaster film about volcanology, let's get some facts straight. What is a supervolcano? According to the United States Geological Survey, USGS, a volcano is considered to be a supervolcano if it has released more than 240 cubic miles of material in an eruption. It is also categorized with the eruption magnitude of 8, which is the largest on the Volcanic Eruption Index, or VEI. To give you an idea of how much material that is, it would be about 800 times the volume of material ejected from Mount St. Helens in 1980, or about double the volume of Lake Erie. Let that sink in. Supervolcanic eruptions are nothing to mess around with, and in fact can have catastrophic effects on the global scale. Welcome to the stage, Cat Astrophic. <laughs> Catherine Astrophic. <laughs> Catherine Astrophic. Catherine Astrophic. We've got a lot of ones today. We do. <laughs> Lay about, Princess Layabout. Princess Layabout. And Catherine Astrophic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we look at the VEI index from the 19th century and forward, we can see that many of the larger scale eruptions that occurred were in the 19th and 20th centuries. 21st century eruptions hovering mostly around four on the VEI scale and below. This is not to say that these eruptions had not been deadly or not caused damage, but when bordering on supervolcano territory, they aren't close. In the 20th century, there were several volcanoes that had eruptions in the sixth range of the VEI, Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines being one of the greatest disturbances to the atmosphere since Krakatoa in Indonesia, a six on the VEI scale, which erupted in 1883, and Mount Tambora in Indonesia in 1815, which was a 7 on the VEI scale. While not technically a supervolcanic eruption based on the VEI scale, Mount Tambora impacted plenty. 
The eruption was so great that the following summer of 1816 was anything but, as global temperatures in the Northern Hemisphere were way below average, and several weather-related anomalies were recorded. Despite all this volcanic activity, and there's been plenty, there hasn't been a supervolcanic eruption in 26,500 years, with the eruption of New Zealand's Taupo Volcano. Along with Taupo and Yellowstone, other previous supervolcanic eruptions have been identified in California's Long Valley, Colorado's La Garita Caldera, Bolivia's Cerro Guacha, and Chile's La Pacana, among others. We say supervolcanic eruptions rather than supervolcanoes because it is worth noting that supervolcanoes can have eruptions that just aren't super or are relatively normal. And while Yellowstone has had two supervolcanic eruptions in its past, the last was a lava flow from 70,000 years ago. Just because a volcano once was a supervolcano does not mean it will continue to erupt that way. So why is the term supervolcano and the fear associated with it become part of the zeitgeist when it's incorrect? Well, the media, of course. The term was kicked around in the 1900s to describe a grouping of volcanoes as a supervolcano, but gained a great deal of traction and a different spin with documentaries on supervolcanic eruptions in the early 2000s and Hollywood films, which may have exaggerated the truth. The fact of the matter, which we've already stated, is that there have indeed been eruptions of the magnitude to be considered a supervolcanic eruption. Fortunately, modern humans haven't bore witness to these, as they truly are events of global impact. However, the term has been used a little more than is relevant for what it is describing. It's misrepresentative. So then, if Yellowstone isn't powered by a supervolcano, what's below the surface giving way to all the geothermal features above? The answer is liquid hot magma. But only about 5-15% to of it actually is liquid and hot. The rest is believed to be solid and hot, which sounds like my toilet activity. (laughs) Looking at a diagram of the depths below Yellowstone, there are several areas of molten rock. The two closest to the surface are the rhyolite magma chamber, which is above the basalt magma chamber. The basalt partial melt, as it is known, is heated by the mantle plume below, which heats the rhyolite partial melt, in turn creating the geothermal features seen at the surface. In fact, without this volcano and the magma chambers that rest below the surface, these features would not be possible. This also has a great deal to do with plate tectonics. From a period of volcanism that began about 16.5 million years ago in both Nevada and Idaho to today in Wyoming, Yellowstone's geothermal features would not be possible were it not for the North American plate moving westward. A lot of the discussion that centers around the quote-unquote supervolcano of Yellowstone is in that it is overdue for an eruption. But scientists believe that there is plenty of time before an event like this happens again. And when it does, they believe that it is unlikely to be a supervolcanic event, especially with what magma is still liquid in the chambers below the surface. What scientists have been able to observe is an uplift or rise and a subsidence or shrinking of the entire caldera throughout several years. Starting with the initial study in 1975 till today, the Yellowstone caldera has raised and lowered through what scientists believe is a sort of pressure release to the entire area, which may be preventing future eruptions. All in all, while Yellowstone is indeed powered by magma below the surface, 
It is unlikely that in our lifetimes we will see an eruption, and even more unlikely that we will see the Yellowstone caldera turn into a supervolcano once again. And let's end this episode with a game. So I have three little mini games for you here. I am here. so impressed that you created three. Three little mini games. Three about little mini games. That are like volcano related. Welcome volcano to the stage. Related. Mini game. Mini game. Mm-hmm. We got mini game. We got Princess Layabout. Layabout. And then we have <laughs> Catherine Astrophic. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. That's right. Welcome to the stage. Our three singing drag queens. All right. So this first game is volcano or a mountain. Oh. So I'm going to give you a very like prominent feature okay. and you're going to have to tell me was it once a volcano or is it just a mountain got like, it okay and some mountains were once volcanoes were once volcanoes so all right this is a guessing game <laughs> all right mount whitney which is in california a volcano not a volcano mm. mount etna volcano that's right mount vesuvius volcano mount rainier not a volcano it was a volcano damn grand teton not a volcano. That's right. Mount Fuji. Volcano. Correct. Mount Kilimanjaro. Not a volcano. It was a volcano. Oh, okay. Mount Everest. Not a volcano. That's correct. Mount Lassen. Volcano. Yep. And Mount Blanc. Not a volcano. That's correct. Look at you okay. go. Okay. I got All right. Most I know of some those. of those are tricky though. Okay. But that was cool. That was great. All right. This is a game about plate tectonics. It's called forward, backward, and side to side. So there are three different ways that plates can move, okay? Mm-hmm. There's convergent and subduction. Do you know? I'll list them all, and then t- I want you to see if you can tell me, if you okay. can remember the diagram okay, from science great. class. So convergent slash subduction, divergent, or transform. So so the four. Three. You named Convergent slash subduction, uh, divergent, and transform. So, um, okay. think about the title of the game, forward, backward, and side to side. Okay. Which ones yeah, yeah, go yeah, yeah, together? Yeah. Which ones go away from each other? Which ones... So, I think the first one, which is... Convergence, subduction. They're coming together. That's They're coming correct. out one another. That's correct. And that's where we see a lot of volcanism happen in convergent zones. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. So, then the second one... Divergent. Divergent is when they pull apart. That's correct. You do also have some volcanism there. That's... They create like... Yeah. Um, because it opens up essentially right. and then the last one transform mm-hmm. is side to side great exactly so each of the answers in this game are going to either be um, are going to be forward backward side to side convergent subduction divergent or transform so okay. you just have to guess great okay great in basketball this position is played by an offensive player along the sides of a basket <laughs> basket <laughs> a basket it's a forward. That's correct. This popular YA book series set in the future where adults are divided into five factions. That would be divergent. That's correct. What might describe the pace of an expectant father in a hospital waiting room? This is a combination of two. It's a little bit of a curveball. Forward and backward. That's correct. What Optimus Prime does when he becomes a Mack truck? Transform. That's correct. In yoga, wheel pose is sort of like trying to be the utmost helpful to someone. A wheel pose? Mm-hmm backward yeah but if i was trying to be utmost helpful to you like to a fault i would be doing this it's sort of like what wheel pose looks like if i did this bend over backwards that's right i'm bending over backwards um in volleyball when the serving team earns the right to serve by winning a point spike no (laughs) (laughs) not a term um 
no, 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 forward. No. What is side out? And oh. lastly, if you kidnap someone who was the passive party in bed, this would be. Oh, sub something. Subduction. Sub- <laughs> <laughs> I was really proud of that one. Subduction. That's right. Okay. All and right. our last game is it. called Great Balls of Fire. In nature, fireballs are often associated with meteoroids or shooting stars entering the atmosphere. Finish these three ash. I'm sorry. Wait, did you say meteoroids? <laughs> meteoroids. Meteors. <laughs> Meteor. There's asteroids. Meteors. There's meteorites. <laughs> and you said meteoroids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Great. Moving on. <laughs> Finish these astral song lyrics and bonus points if you can name this out of the world artist who sang them. Okay. All right. For one, Starlight, Star Bright. Bump, 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 bump. Starlight, star bright. Bump, 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 bump. Oh, is it um, uh, David Bowie? No. I don't know. <laughs> Starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight. Starlight, star bright. Make everything all right. Who is Madonna? I take your gay card again. <laughs> we really got a blind spot We're for Madonna ma- these days. Apparently. All right. <clears throat> Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you. Mm. And that is uh, yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you finish b- the lyric? Um, and everything you do. Mm-hmm. And it was all yellow. Yeah, they were all yellow. They were all yellow. And who's the artist? Coldplay. That's correct. Okay. There's a star. Who is con- he, the lead singer of Coldplay. Is Chris con- Martin. Chris Martin is consciously uncoupled from Gwyneth Paltrow. Aren't they fully divorced at this point? Yes, yeah. but they call it a, she has called it a conscious uncoupling. Mm-hmm. Great. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but no. He think he thinks he'd blow our mind. It's that's David Bowie. Mm, All right, that's and the last David one. Bowie. I figured there was a David Bowie one in there. The last one, you're. I don't think you're gonna. Get. Well, <laughs> this is the curveball. Good morning, star shine. Bum, 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 okay, bum, well, that's bum, from the musical bum, Hair. Bum, you twinkle below. From the musical here. Well, it's Oliver Audenetta. Od- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he's singing a song from the musical here. <laughs> Do you I'm know the lyrics? You. I don't know the rest Good of them. Good morning, starshine. The no. earth says hello. You twinkle up above. We twinkle below. There you go. And that's that. <laughs> This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. And that super volcanoes are always out there. (laughs) Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. To find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. 
predicate of a sentence. While also, a, <laughs> that is his sentence. <laughs> Say it like I said it, and it no, works. But it doesn't. It does work. No, no, you're qualifying something that's not there. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it like it would work if it were like. I have a ball, just like the movie 2012, <laughs> when a series of blah, 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 Find which is blah, blah, blah. sentence, <laughs> and I hope that this is in the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>